the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a real challenge to create extraordinary content that will inspire social change while also being commercially viable. But a company that is doing that with exceptional skill is Participant. And it's a pleasure to have with us tonight their Chief Executive Officer, David Lindy. Good evening, David, and welcome to the Business of Giving. Thank you. Participant is a 15-year-old company. Tell us how it got started, David, and who was behind this idea. The company is the brainchild of Jeff Skoll, who was the first employee of eBay. He created the company, as you said, 15 years ago with under the very, very basic belief that very, very high-quality storytelling can be inspirational to audiences in trying to attach themselves to positive social change around the world. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit ahead of his time. and Completely. Uh, you have an exceptional roster of films starting with an inconvenient truth that have inspired cultural conversations on really relevant and vital topics. Tell our listeners some of the other films that you guys have produced or financed. Well, I think most recently, you know, wh- what we try to do is we're trying to make movies that are, that are about a conversation mm-hmm. or, or TV shows or short-form digital content. But everything that we make should be about an important conversation. And four or five times in a year, we take these specific pieces of content and we try to essentially ramp them up um, towards what we call social impact campaigns in conjunction with the release of the movie or the, or the television show. But uh, films that, that you mentioned at Inconvenient Truth, but most recently Spotlight, Roma, uh, Green Book, The Post mm. um, in the narrative feature department. We have an amazing documentary out on Netflix right now called American Factory yeah. that we're incredibly proud of. But we also, a lot of what we do, we like to think about about our content in terms of three different types of change, behavioral, cultural, and institutional. Um, one of the, my favorite movies that I always think about consistently is Food, Inc. Yes. Um, where you literally saw um, legitimate behavioral change around the world, around people who decided that they, they, would, they would actually address the way they, they ate every single day to hmm. improve their lives. You know, there's so many issues out there right now and so many great stories. <laughs> How do you choose what films to work on? Unbeknownst to a lot of people, we are probably one of the biggest independent creators of content in Hollywood. We make about make or invest in about four or five narrative feature films every year, four or five documentary films every year, up to three television series, and another about 30 hours of short-form digital content, which is distributed through our YouTube channel called Soul Pancake. Mm-hmm. And each one of those strands of content has its own department that is constantly out there looking for and developing new ideas. But to be honest, we really, really rely on artists. And our very strong belief is that artists can effectively see around the corner and on issue, right? If you try to make a movie that's just to issue, mm. you're going you're gonna to end up making spinach, and nobody likes spinach, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so but, but we're really reliant on and, – and a really good example would be a documentary that we made about the um, global refugee crisis a couple of years ago by Ai Weiwei yes. called Human Flow. Mm-hmm. And – we had no idea when we got involved in the film that that issue would literally explode in Europe the exact summer that we brought the that we brought the film out. We never would have anticipated that, but we believed 
that what Ai Weiwei was doing would be important. Yeah, yeah. Well, they these artists that you talk about, they have an ability to see around the corner, and you have the ability to really trust them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been around a long time. <laughs> um, you've talked about your target audience being the conscious consumer. What motivates that audience, and who is it comprised of? We, we've talked a little bit about the films that we've made, so you can imagine the kind of audience that we typically have, have engaged with around our content. What's happening around the world right now, especially with the uh, growth of the millennial and the Gen Z uh, generations, is that they are increasingly looking at the world um, for as much value as they can get out of a specific uh, – out of a transaction, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's not like – a perfect example would be Tom's shoes. Yeah. Right? Which is you can buy a shoe and actually make a contribution to somebody's life. So we're trying to engage. We believe strongly in that generation, and we believe strongly in trying to create content for them because they are actually leading. And what they're doing is they're leading other consumers, other, other, their, their friends, their neighbors, uh, their partners, in actually trying to identify more value around the way that they spend their money. You know, you said a moment ago you've been around for a while. So let me ask you this. How do you use storytelling to deliver maximum impact? We're a partnership company. We we partner with great artists who make great content. We partner with – we have a distribution system around the world for all of our films and television shows with the best, uh, strongest distributors in the world, which is vital because, quite honestly, if nobody sees your film, there is no <laughs> social impact. Yeah. So distribution is, is, is really key. Um, but what differentiates us as an entertainment company or as a media company – is our partnerships with what we call impact organizations, so NGOs, foundations, nonprofits, all around the world who are doing the boots-on-the-ground work around impact. Mm. And what we do is we take the, the awareness factor that is created by a great movie, and we combine that with the work that these organizations are doing to effectively accelerate the work that's going on. The way that I like to look at it is, and, and obviously we're on we're on the radio, so so you'll have to imagine what it is I'm doing. But you you can see you know you can see the work of a, of great organizations like the Sierra Sierra Club or the International Rescue Committee, who are sitting there day in day out addressing the issues and and contributing to real positive change. And here comes the movie, and the movie essentially pushes that campaign along a little bit. We're not the organizations doing the work. Mm-hmm. The IRC and the Sarah Club are the ones doing the work, right? What we're trying to do is make a contribution that effectively creates so much awareness, additional awareness around a specific issue that people are inspired to actually join up. Are there other points on that continuum? Because I'm thinking about the movie. I'm thinking about the awareness. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about at the very other end the action. How does it go from awareness to action? Are there some milestones along the way that help you get there? Well, every piece of content is different, but the future for what we call impact media is that campaign or the work that's being done is not singular. Mm. Typically, when you look at the work that's being done around impact media, it tends to focus specifically around one movie. Um, but movies have a lifespan of about 12 to 18 months. Okay. And then they begin to disappear. Um, as Alfon- Alfonso Cuaron likes to say, they, they go into the library. Right? <laughs> um, uh, um, and I think that the future for the kind of work that we, we and others do is that is a sustained version of this work where the movie provides its version of an accelerant around social change. 
But the campaign itself lives well beyond um, just the life of a movie. Um, I can give a couple examples in, 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 the, in, the, in, a, in a few minutes. But that's, I think, where digital short form really comes into play, right? Is mm-hmm. you, you've got one of the beauties of what's going on in uh, as, as, as contentious as the conversation can be around these big platforms like Facebook and, and YouTube right now. One of the beauties of these platforms is the mass reach that they have. Yeah. And, and what's amazing about short-form content is that it's relatively inexpensive to make. You can make it very, very quickly, and you can reach an audience very, very quickly um, on a mass scale. Well, let me ask you about one or two of those examples, Mm -hmm. if I can, because we have a lot of nonprofit organizations who listen Mm -hmm. to this show. So cite an example of a film and an NGO you work with and the ultimate impact that was uh, realized. Well, this can be kind of a long answer. Okay. So I'm going to go for (laughs) it. But but it's also the most current example of what I'm talking about, which is Roma. Mm. Um, uh, And Roma, which came out, you know, well over a year ago. Um, uh, If you'd like to see it, you can see it on Netflix right now. You know where it is. We, We... we um, we pursued two campaigns on Roma, one in Mexico and one in the United States. Here in the States, I think it's probably not very well known that in the 1930s when the National Labor Relations Act was passed, two forms of work were excluded, farm work and domestic work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, uh, it was obviously race, racially based, yes. and it was a, a give to the Southern Democrats of the, at the time. Um, so domestic workers in this country really have no rights, right? have no social security, have no benefits program, do not have paid time off. And there's an amazing organization called the National Domestic Workers Alliance. You know Ai-jen Poo. She's been uh, on the show. Who, who leads it. Um, who have been working for, working for decades to bring these kinds of rights to, uh, to, uh, uh, to domestic workers. Um, and we've been working very closely with them in creating awareness around the issue and actually trying to get a Bill of Rights passed in the United States for domestic workers. And last March, Senator Kamala Harris and Representative Jayapal um, began that process by sponsoring a national Bill of Rights for uh, for domestic workers. Wow, so you're getting legislation, potentially. But again, you know, we're contributing. We're contributing, right? What we're doing is raising awareness through a beautiful movie in a campaign that's been going on for decades, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, I, I would never want to. I would never want to put participant out there uh, to attributing that kind of work. No, but to it could us, be a tipping right? point sometimes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, there's an amazing organization called CASE, um, which has literally for a decade now been lobbying the Mexican um, legislature and Senate to pass some to pass. Social Security legislation for domestic workers in Mexico. Literally a decade. Mm-hmm. Alfonso Cuaron was was absolutely focused on making a legitimate contribution to the kind of work that to the work that Casse was doing, and we partnered with them in not just getting people to see the movie, but actually having the conversation, going into the Senate. Pulling them in through the movie, being able, allowing them to identify with the issue at hand, and earlier this year, social security legislation was passed in Mexico, um, which was an incredible victory and and something we're we're really really proud to have been involved with. But it doesn't stop there, mm-hmm. right? and this is what I'm talking about: sustained impact. Um, the uh, social security, uh, well, social security, of course, um, you have to sign up for it. 
right? And it's not just the domestic worker, it's also the employer, mm-hmm. right? Because that's where the benefits are coming from. So we have been working with Wyden and Kennedy, which is the, the big um, yeah. uh, uh, agency or creative advertising ag- agency and brand agency. And they, pro bono, are working with us to create a PSA in Mexico that explains, in, in it's being directed by a friend of Alfonso's, a director and cinematographer named Rodrigo Prieto, mm-hmm. high, very, very high quality, um, which the Mexican government has agreed to broadcast across all, um, every te- television channel in Mexico. So which is gonna, this is going to happen in November, right? So the sustained campaign is beginning to work. Roma is right now. It's, it's a little bit in the library, right? <laughs> but it lives through the campaign. Yeah. It lives through the campaign work, and what we're hoping is that within two to four years, we'll have all two and a half million domestic workers signed up for Social Security in Mexico. That is a great story. That That'd really is. That really brings the point home. Mm-hmm. How do you decide what films you're going to do a campaign around? It's probably less than half the films you do. In which ones we see why you did it for Roma. Um, are there kind of campaigns that just don't lend themselves to that kind of outreach through a nonprofit? Everything that we make really is about something, and it should it should spark a conversation. Mm-hmm. But we're not that big of a company, and if we ran very robust social impact campaigns on every single <laughs> everything that we did, we would have thousands of employees. Yeah. Right? So what we try to do is focus in on what we call four flagship campaigns every year. Mm-hmm where a specific piece of content really lends itself to uh, impact work that's going on, where we are able to identify organizations that can benefit from working with us um, uh, on a can- – or, or can, can benefit from our working with them yes. on a specific campaign that they're, that, they're, um, that they're engaged in. A good example, for instance, and one of the and one of my one of the first things that I was able to to engage in when I got to participate was when we made an inconvenient sequel. Mm-hmm. This I think is a relevant example. The Sierra Club has been and is actively out there trying to convert. I think it's fifty American cities to renewable to to renewable energy by the year twenty thirty. Um, uh, so, so the movie itself is about <laughs> converting to right. renewable energy, right? <laughs> and so we were able to partner with them in providing the movie to the kinds of convenings and meetings that they're holding around the country to effectively put a little bit of gasoline yeah. in their campaign, right? And, you know, it, it's uh, – and, and the work that they're doing is is tremendous. But just to be able to give people the opportunity to spend 90 minutes actually seeing the work in progress is an incredible inspiration, I think, for people. So we were really, really pleased to be working with them. Just great stuff, David. Um, let me digress for a moment and ask you about nonprofit organizations who make their videos for their volunteers and their donors. And they show it at the gala. They show it on their website or YouTube. Are there any common mistakes you think that many of them make? I'm going to answer that question in an indirect but direct way, which is the power of storytelling, I think, if I were to contextualize it in three, three words, is it has the ability to inspire people. Um, the work that you're describing through these organizations gives, empowers people to mm-hmm. actually take advantage of the inspiration that they've, uh, that they, uh, that they've experienced. Mm-hmm. And... Last but not least, by connecting the two, inspiration and empowerment, you're you're scaling, you're you're connecting everybody together to scale up the work. 
And I think that that's the power of content. So I think that the important thing in creating something that you believe is representative of what it is that you're trying to accomplish is to think about those three things, right? Is to think about why the work that you're doing is so inspirational. Think about why the work you do is so empowering to people, Mm -hmm. right? And think about why, by connecting everybody around your work, you're actually scaling up the work. And if you can capture that, which is not easy, right? <laughs> you know, and we have a lot of professionals who work really, really hard making, you know, drafts and drafts and drafts of, of every everything that we do. If you can capture those three things, right, it really it really works and it's incredibly satisfying. Yeah, not easy, but it's a good mental checklist for people who are trying to do that to have and no, work and, from. And, and also with technology changing so rapidly, you've yeah. got a lot of young people who are very, very talented who are beginning to to really express themselves in very, very exciting ways, mm-hmm. right? People are, are becoming better at the kind of work that you're doing, right? Yeah. Because technology has enabled them to become better at it. Well, we all know that uh, the movie industry is one challenging industry, and it can be even <laughs> more difficult when you're trying to find that sweet spot between social impact and commercial success. When you arrived, David, in 2015, a participant, uh, they were having some difficulty in doing just that. What are some of the things that you've done that have helped get the company back on track? Well, what, what really, you know, we, we really follow Jeff's vision. Mm-hmm. And you said it earlier, but, but 15 years ago, his idea that he expressed was prescient. It sure right? was. Is, is what it is that we're, we've been doing for 15 years. Lots of people are now joining us, which is fantastic. We, we welcome more participants, trust me. What Jeff asked me to do was refocus the company. And the company had gotten into some businesses that it was at a disadvantage in. It was it was the scale that you needed to compete in certain businesses lies with very, very big companies. Mm-hmm. Right? So we refocused the company around what it is that we do very, very well, which is content. Right? And I gave the people who, who run the content division, which is run by an amazing woman named Diane Wireman, who's our chief content officer, gave them some more resources uh, to be able to develop and control more material. I come from a film distribution background. That's sort of in my blood. You were the chairman of Universal Pictures, (laughs) among many other jobs in the industry. Um, uh, And so I, I, with a a lot of really talented executives at Participant, we rebuilt the distribution system around, around that content to give it the greatest opportunity to reach audiences. Who are some of your distribution partners? We have a, we have a, we were, we're, we're not, I wouldn't say that we are distribution agnostic, Mm -hmm. right? But we tend to, we work with a lot of different companies um, primarily because you don't want a distributor to distribute something that they're not, they they don't feel connected to or that they don't value themselves. Mm -hmm. So we spend a great deal of time targeting specific distributors for specific content. But, Warner Brothers, uh, Universal Pictures, Focus Features, Magnolia, Sony Classics, uh, Netflix, yeah. Amazon. Uh, we're in business with just with just about everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, I might add, it just seems like it's a good time to be a participant. You know, the timing <laughs> of the of of everything that's going on, it really is a, a very sweet time uh, to be doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Look, it's incredibly rewarding. But one of the reasons it's so rewarding is because it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, when we made When They See Us, the television series uh, that broadcast on, on Netflix earlier this year, it was, the fa- it, it was seen by more people in, I think, the first, uh, the first week that it aired 
than ever, any limited series in the history of Netflix. Goodness. Right? So how valuable is that to, to, to watch a great artist like Ava DuVernay mm-hmm. um, uh, develop and curate and create an incredible piece of art and then see audiences around the world embrace it so quickly, yeah. right? And, and, and yes, it is about something, and it is, about, it is a story that needs to be seen. It is a conversation that needs to be had, and when it happens like that, you're just you just it, you don't have that experience in the film business very often. Yeah, yeah. And it's tremendous. When we did so well at the Oscars last year, uh, the the company participants a very young company. Mm-hmm. The, the average age is is about uh, thirty one years old. And you take me and a couple of other people out of the picture, and it drops below thirty. <laughs> we don't need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, my hair is gray. Um, uh, um, uh, but one of the things I, I said last year, you know, we, we're incredibly lucky. We, we won a bunch of Oscars for for a bunch of great for, for a couple of great films, and I said to everybody afterwards, I said, you know, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, I've been around long enough to to have had some some success, but uh, you know, enjoy it. Right, right. right. This right. is not really, typical. <laughs> right, not typical. But but you did it. Yeah, right? and, yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah, and you also just uh, underwent a major rebrand. What's the message you want to deliver? Well, the message that we're trying to get across is very straightforward, which is there is a legitimate business now called Impact Media. Mm-hmm. Um, we are at the confluence of art and activism. We are, and that is a very, very powerful meeting point. And we wanted, to, we felt that after 15 years, we could begin to talk to the power of, of Impact Media, and we could begin to ident- um, allow people to identify with. The uh, the kinds of work the the kind of work that we and, and and others do, and that was that's what we were trying to get across. But the other thing that we're trying to get across is very straightforward, which is we're not alone, mm-hmm. and we're not the only ones doing it. But we want you to come and join us. We yeah. want we, we 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 and we mean it. Participants mm-hmm. want it. Well, let me ask you that. I mean, uh, on the whole, do you think the industry is living up to its responsibility um, in terms of? creating that kind of impact, that social responsibility? And uh, if there's places they need to get better at, what would those be? I think that if anybody sits on their laurels and says, oh, gee whiz, uh, we did really well today, so we can sit back and, and have a second cup of coffee, then we're all making a tremendous amount of, a tremendous mistake. I think that the industry, because I presume what we're talking really about is, is Hollywood and, yes. and the media business, is I think what we're seeing is the industry is beginning to embrace change. They're, they're doing it for several reasons, one of which is it's, they understand that it's an obligation. Mm-hmm. They understand that it's, an ob- that it's something that, not, that their employees want. It's something that they understand they have an obligation to their community and to society. And they're digging in and trying to find ways of, of, of doing it and doing it what I would call authentically mm-hmm. and, and in, in real-life terms that have real positive effect on the people who work, who work at these large companies. Um, so I'm encouraged. I'm seeing a lot of really good work around especially inclusion and diversity right now, which is exciting to me. And I think that one of the opportunities for companies these days is to take leadership roles because there is no specific way that you have to go about creating a more, in this case, inclusive environment uh, for the people whom, uh, uh, that work for you. But I also think it's a business opportunity. 
And you see big, for instance, big financial institutions like BlackRock yes. literally saying to the world, we have that obligation. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if we don't adopt a more proactive and dynamic approach to our business and how we can make a contribution to the world, then we as businesses will suffer. And I think that that's something that we, that we, that we as a company like to reflect um, that we have that obligation, but it's but it's it's not just an obligation to do better. It's an obligation to change mm-hmm. because that's what our consumers and that's what our employees are asking us to do, and they are right. Yeah, yeah. David, let me ask you about the role of technology in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. What advancements or developments do you feel have the most promising effect on storytelling? I get asked all the time, mm-hmm. right, what's the world going to look like next year when all these big streaming services uh, start? And, and when I talk about the streaming services, um, for the audience, Netflix is obviously the biggest one, but the big media companies, Disney, Comcast, Warner Media, are all creating competing, quote-unquote, platforms or services to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of these so, – so when people say, what's the world going to look like in, in a year? The answer is, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but what I do know is that and, – and quite honestly, you know, I'm a big believer in film. I come from film. I'm a big, big believer in the theatrical experience, yeah. right? And I do worry about the effect of streaming on the stability of the theatrical business. But I'm also an optimist. Mm-hmm. And I believe in the audience, and I believe in how how audiences embrace content and their their interest in embracing it as, in, in as many ways as possible. But the beauty of streaming is the reach. Right? We had a movie, lovely movie that we licensed to Netflix called "The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind." It was Chiwetel Ejiofor's first uh, uh, film that he directed that we sold to Netflix. And while we're not allowed to say how many people saw that, <laughs> right, I know. Saw the, you know, the, the streamers are very, very conscious of controlling uh, or keeping data mm-hmm. uh, uh, to themselves. But, you know, they were very cooperative in talking about how and who saw the, who saw the movie. But uh, tens of millions of people saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Tens of millions of people saw this incredibly beautiful, important story about a young boy in Malawi who saved his community. And those are the kinds of stories that we love. And the ability to reach tens of millions of people as opposed to perhaps millions of people is really, really exciting because you can just imagine the effect on our impact partners. Yeah. Right? Where suddenly they're, you know, they're hoping that as many people are going to see the movie as possible and suddenly, bang. Right. Right, you're connecting to tens of millions of people. That's that's really exciting. Yeah, and they see it so quickly, as you said before, mm-hmm. the intensity of the experience. It kind of is just viral. Right, it's not over mm-hmm. a long period of time. No, and and also I think that the other thing is that there. What I do think is going to happen is I think these streaming services will increasingly create communities, mm-hmm. and I think that they will have to be able to di- differentiate themselves and how they engage with their own consumers. And one of the ways that they'll do that is create communities of conversation. And that's fantastic for impact because you can access those communities to actually then connect them to your impact partners and the work that's being done. And that then scales everything up. I think you've called it the fourth act. (laughs) (laughs) I have called it the fourth act. Let me close with this, David. 
Um, what's ahead? What's around the corner? What should we all be waiting for? On November 22nd, we released through Focus Features a beautiful movie directed by Todd Haynes called Dark Waters, mm-hmm. which stars and, and was produced by Mark Ruffalo and is the true story of Rob Bellot, um, who is a lawyer and, and activist. And it's a thrilling story of his uh, uncovering the scandal around the creation of Teflon mm. and DuPont and the poisoning of, of uh, tens, tens of thousands of people around the world. Uh, and you won't see where the movie's going, and when you get there, you'll be really amazed by, by, by how he got there. It's really, it's really edge of the seat, but also beautifully emotional and, and engaging because this is a real-life human being, um, very much in the tradition of Spotlight, yeah. for instance. And then later in December, we were incredibly fortunate to be invited by Warner Brothers to partner on a movie that they've made called Just Mercy, mm-hmm. which is a story of an amazing advocate that maybe many of your listeners may know, Brian Stevens, sure. who runs the Equal Justice Initiative in Montgomery, Alabama. And this is a movie about how people change the world, right? Is Brian Steven is changing the narrative and the narrative of this of this country, and to see how he started, and how he connected to this one man, and how he dedicated and his organization dedicated years of their lives to freeing this man and getting him off of death row and allowing him to breathe fresh air again. I've never seen anything like it before. I, I just to be able to see how it, how it happened and how it happens in such a incredibly dramatic and gripping way. It's amazing, and and uh, we're incredibly proud of it. You have a great job. You know that. <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much. Well, David Linday, the CEO participant, I want to thank you so much for being here this evening and for a great conversation. Where do people go to access some of this content? Do they go to those uh, distributors you talked about, or is there things on your website or, or online? What, what, what do you would recommend? You can always check us out online. We, we have a website, participant.com, which will guide you both to where the movies are and where the campaigns are. Well, thanks, David. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much. I'll be back with more of the business of giving right after this.